Christ's mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken from the reading we just heard in the Gospel of Luke. You may be seated. We begin today with the word of prayer. Almighty Father, on this day we give you thanks that you have sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to us to cleanse us from all of our sins, to conquer the devil, and to promise us life in your name. We pray this day, O Lord, that as we once again hear the wonderful gospel news of what Jesus has done for us, you would strengthen us with your Holy Spirit so that our faith would be firm in you. Now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. I love working through Luke's gospel. There's a good way or a sort of a certain way you need to read this letter uh, that Luke has written. It's really not so much a letter as it is a gospel or really a historical account. When you read what Luke writes, you need to understand that you are reading the words of a reporter and a historian. See, Luke was not one of the eyewitnesses of Jesus' ministry. Luke was rather a Gentile convert who was converted to the faith under the ministry of St. Paul. And yet somewhere along the way, Luke was given the task of writing a record of Jesus' life and then also writing sort of an account of the beginning of the early church. We have this in the New Testament in our two books, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. These are the recordings, the, the reports of Luke. And since he wasn't there, he's hired out apparently by a guy named Theophilus. That's the guy who funds him for this project. For Theophilus and for all of us, Luke interviews the eyewitnesses, he collects evidence, and he records firsthand accounts in order, in order to deliver to us what he calls an orderly account, an orderly account of the Lord's ministry. So when we read this gospel, what we're doing is we're reading the word of God delivered to us as sort of historical news reporting. Luke is saying, here's what happened. And here's what the eyewitnesses have to say about it. Which got me thinking. How would that look in our day today? What would it look like for us to have a reporter go out and come to, you know, like the evening news and report what was going on, say, in the Gerizines that day when the demon-possessed man lost his demons and the pigs were filled with them and they ran into the sea? What would it look like for us to see that reported by a reporter on the news. Well, I think that's what we're going to do today. We're going to have a little fun with this text. And I'm going to give for you what I think the newscast would look like if Luke was reporting on the demoniac's exorcism uh, on the evening news. All right? So we'll have some fun with this today. Uh, uh, pretend like you are now at home sitting on your comfortable chair watching Damascus News at 9, at which uh, you see a man sitting in the studio, and this is how he begins the story. Last night's storm isn't the only thing causing waves here on this side of the Sea of Galilee, but there was quite a stir this day when a man from Nazareth landed on our shores and is causing quite a commotion. Our reporter Luke is on the scene. Luke, can you tell us what's happening? Scene switches now, and here you have Luke reporting uh, to the guy in the studio. Thanks, O Theophilus. I'm here at a once thriving field of a swine herd that, oddly enough, is peacefully quiet. 
and not just because there are no pigs. This farm had once been constantly harassed by a demon-possessed man, also known as the demoniac. But after a remarkable encounter with a man from Nazareth, things have changed. I've asked a number of people to describe for us precisely what has happened. Now this scene switches again, and now you have an interview taking place with one of the swine herders. I don't like it one bit, Philemon Johnson, the chief swine herder. That man was driving us crazy, that demoniac, howling and cutting himself all the time. He would come down from the tombs and bother us, not wearing any clothes and just looking all crazy and cut up. To be honest, I'm happy that he's gone, but I'm not quite so happy that it happened like this. All right, scene switches now, and we have a montage of the hills and the sea, uh, and then some former footage of, of pigs eating. Philemon tends to the pigs that are used in our region for many reasons, including ritual sacrifice. The blood from these swine is used in how we honor our God, but after today, no pigs are to be found. They all drowned in the lake after the demoniac was met by a group of Jews who had landed on our shores. Scene switches back to Philemon. I look over and I see these guys led by that Jesus fellow. They walk from their boat and they're confronted by our demoniac. He looks like he's going to fight them. He starts yelling and screaming and attacking them. Then suddenly the scene changes. And it looks like he starts cowering and pleading with this Jesus. Well, Jesus nods his head and then points towards my sweet, sweet pigs. Suddenly, the pigs start up wailing and squealing, hopping all over the place, you know, like the devil. And suddenly, they take off running. You'd think someone had yelled suey with the biggest, sweetest pot of slop they ever smelled, but no. They just took off for the lake, dove in and drowned. Pigs, you know, they don't swim too well. I look back and all I see is Jesus' followers putting clothes on that demoniac who now looks like he's in his right mind. But he's crying and, and laughing and he's hugging everyone. The uh, scene switches back to Luke. Driving pigs from the region is quite upsetting to these farmers and it worries many about how our God will respond to this. Gods might be angry. They might even just leave the area. But this would not bother those Jews one bit who find our worship practices to be, as they say, unkosher even seeing pigs as impure and unholy according to their ritual laws found in their priestly manual, Leviticus. But according to one of those disciples who came over with Jesus, this sort of thing is not surprising. Everywhere they show up, Jesus is driving out demons and making everything, as he says, pure. Scene switches to an interview with one of the disciples. You know, I'm actually surprised that I'm still surprised, said Simon, who also goes by the name Peter. Everywhere we go, Jesus is driving out demons. It's like they know him. They, they try and control him. They call him by name. But he won't let them speak or hold sway. They are terrified of him. Our new friend didn't have just a problem with a demon like we've seen in the past, but he was possessed by an army of them. And Jesus just drove them out, drove them into the pigs, and those pigs went into the water, purifying the man, really just purifying your whole region. I mean, it's like when Jesus shows up with his word, he just cleanses the whole place. Now, now at this point, Peter uh, uh, looks dead at the camera as though he's talking directly to you, the audience, and he grabs the microphone, as I imagine he would, and this is what he says. I'm telling you, you want to listen to him because he wants you to follow him. You want to be with him. He's the one who comes to justify everything, to make everything right. He makes everything new, even people. And he does it for you. Not that everyone listening here who has, has demons, but you do have sin. 
And he forgives those too. He just walks up and announces that you are forgiven, and lo and behold, it happens. He's like just this demon-defeating, sin-forgiving savior of a man. Just ask my new friend over there. Dean switches back to Luke. O Theophilus, I was able, in fact, to get an exclusive interview with the man who was freed from the army of demons, and I asked him what he thought about this controversial figure from Nazareth and his total disregard for our pig industry. The demoniac responds, Pigs, are you kidding me? The demons cower before him. He set me free. None of our gods ever did that. Our sacrifices never helped me. They only seem to make matters worse. Because Jesus, he cleanses, he heals, he is full of mercy and compassion. I mean, he demanded no sacrifice from me at all. I'm liable to believe that if he found any sacrifice necessary, he'd offer it up himself. He loves so differently. I mean, I bet this guy could do anything. I mean, if this guy wanted to conquer death, I bet he could do it. Listen, if you're burdened, he relieves you. If you're sinful, he forgives you. You're filled with demons from your own wicked past. He drives them away and makes you his own. I mean, it's as though this guy possesses me now, if you catch my meaning. Like, I'm his possession. Jesus holds me in the palm of his hands, and I just don't want him to ever let me go. Dean cuts back to our farmer. He has no regard for our culture. He don't care for our values. It's like he mocks our gods and cares more about that demoniac man than anything else and he ain't good for business. I think he needs to leave. Dean cuts to Peter. He is the one John the Baptist called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He does it for you. He comes to you Gentiles just like he comes to us Jews, and he comes with the same mercy. Come on, come and listen to him. Dean cuts to the former demoniac. He saved me when I was at my lowest, most wicked, most oppressed point in life. It didn't stop him. I was lost and he found me. I was dead and he raised me. I was bound and he freed me. I was guilty and he forgave me. And he'll do it for you too. I was, Dean cuts short and goes back to Luke. Uh, Theophilus, the former demoniac, went on like that for some time, so we had to cut the feed short. But this man, Jesus, is causing quite a stir. The people of the town have asked him to leave. But everyone is still clamoring to hear what this former demoniac has to say about this Jesus. He's gained a great deal of interest. I might go so far as to say that this Jesus has really captured the hearts of the people. I will continue to follow this story and continue to pursue this Jesus, and I'll report to you more upon what I see. For news at nine at Damascus, this is Luke. They, so, they go back to the studio, and there's Theophilus sitting in the studio who says, uh, to close out this story, we'd like to let you know that we did reach out to some demons for a comment. But after Jesus arrived, they were nowhere to be found. Back after this. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you... <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks uh, that Jesus conquers the demons. We give you thanks, O oh Lord, that he comes to us, whether we are possessed by demons, burdened by the troubles of this life, or bound by our sins. Forgive us and set us free. Lord God, we pray uh, that you would grant us faith always to trust in him and make us to be like this demoniac, both freed of our burdens and bold in proclaiming your word. We ask this all in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.